Hello and welcome. My name is Raj Basord and I'm a psychiatrist based in London. To Annalyn, who had quite a nasty bout of postnatal depression following the delivery of her first child. Annalyn, you had known your partner for quite some time, you've been living together for some time, um, but you managed to get pregnant shortly after you got married, but that, but that happened after you'd been together for some time. Tell us a bit about the pregnancy. Um, I was uh, very sick in the, and tired in the first three months. Um, const well, I was not actually sick, but I had constant nausea, um, so it really was quite unpleasant. Uh, it was about three or four months, um, but then the rest of the pregnancy was uneventful, really. It was a healthy pregnancy, um, no problems, really. Um, yeah. And but you must have been feeling good about it, though, because, in fact, you got pregnant quite rapidly from the time you started trying. Yes, yes. I was happy about being pregnant. Um, it didn't feel real at first, actually. When you have your first baby, it, it didn't quite feel real. I don't think it was till I really had um, quite a big bump that I, it felt like I was actually going to have a baby. So things were good, but then things began to go wrong when it came to the delivery, and you passed by your due date. Is that I, right? Yeah, I did. I, um, I think I was 10 days past my due date and they asked me to go to the hospital to have an induction, which I did. Um, and nothing much happened really initially. Um, I went in in the morning. Um, we were told um, we were monitored um, and then I had a walk around the hospital uh, and then continued to be monitored. They put a baby heart monitor on to my um, tummy um, to hear the baby. Uh, and my husband was sent home about tea time because they expected me just to stay on the ward overnight. Uh, not much to happen really. Then what yeah. happened? Then um, after my husband had gone home, uh, things started to, I suppose, go... I suppose now we know perhaps a little bit wrong. Um, so the baby, the monitor, the heart monitor for the, was showing that the baby was quite distressed. Uh, they couldn't follow its heartbeat. Um, and at this point, they wanted to take me straight down to the labor suite. Um, and the midwife uh, said that they would ring my husband, so they did. I uh, went down to, they, it was quite quick. I was rushed down to uh, a labor room and a doctor, I think, uh, registrar woman, a, a lady doctor, they didn't really explain what they were going to do but they um, broke my waters uh, with, uh, they used like a little, it looks like a knitting needle really, but again it wasn't explained to me, it was very frightening. I hadn't, um, my cervix hadn't dilated at all either so it was quite painful as well and um, they thought that breaking my waters would encourage the labour on. My husband still wasn't here at wasn't back to the hospital because we live a good 40 minutes away from from where I had the baby mm -hmm. and when he came back um, I think that then it had um, what had happened was they were prepping me ready for theatre because they'd already told me at this point that they weren't willing to wait for me to go into labour after breaking my waters now they wanted it to to be, um, it needed to be an emergency situation. So I think my husband came in the door as I was being whipped out of the labour room on a bed and mm. down to theatre. He then in, he then joined me once he put his um, scrubs on. Um, but it was, I suppose, it was very traumatic, and um, it I can I described it to people up, but 
a while after when I started to talk about it, it was a little bit like a horror movie. So I was being wheeled down this corridor, just seeing the lights above me um, and straight into a theatre. They then struggled to get the epidural in, um, which is um, an uncomfortable and unpleasant experience anyway. And um, But they did get it in, luckily. So I had an epidural rather than a general anaesthetic. Um, and then the baby was born. And um, I do remember the, I remember clearly the anaesthetist. I think he was almost like the the saviour of the situation. I remember him looking over me and saying that everything's going to be all right now. Um, and at that point, I suppose everything, the epidural, everything was kicking in. So I couldn't feel anything apart from some pressure, um, I presume, where they were pushing and pulling to, to get the baby out. Um, so yeah, that was my experience of, of the birth of my baby, my first baby. Um, and then he had he struggled for a little bit I think he had um, they he didn't cry for a while and I think from what I remember well I remember my husband looking over and looking quite worried because he was sat beside me um, and but they put a, a screen between you and your bottom half so that you could you can't really see what's going on at all um, but eventually cried and then they brought him over to me and showed him to me uh, and then I was in recovery for quite a while afterwards before I was put back to the ward really and what yeah. happened on the ward uh, well again it just I suppose I mean in hindsight I don't, I don't feel that my care was managed particularly well they didn't tell me basic things like for instance I had a catheter put in because that's what happens when you have an when you have a cesarean section but because it had been an emergency situation hadn't had none of this um, sort of told to me before it happened so just something as um, just finding out that you have a catheter in is quite a strange experience and then understanding how to manage that you can't sit up because you, you've you know you can't feel your legs and just things like that were quite frightening really and you've got this tiny baby who you know you, you really just want to get hold of who's in a who's in a cot beside your bed but actually physically you can't almost can't get to that baby without help so it's it was a yeah that was my experience of the ward afterwards how um, long did that go on for that only went on I think uh, for a couple of days and then I was up then and um, I think I didn't have a shower until I don't think I had a shower till at least 24 48 hours afterwards um, and I wasn't very mobile at all um, just out of, I did have an emergency cesarean for my second child as well funny well not funny enough because that's the way it went again but it was a very different experience so with my second one it was up um, straight away um, very very different but I think the the trauma of the first one uh, left me sitting in bed really wondering what was going on and what to do next I was frightened to move um, various things like that so yeah and then I had um, I was uh, I struggled to feed um, the baby and I was determined to breastfeed that was one of the things that I wanted to do um, and I really struggled with that because um, well one because when you have a cesarean section apparently the, the milk takes longer to come down 
I, I wasn't aware of that at the time. Um, but also because my first baby had um, struggled to latch on. Um, and But because I was so determined, I think I just persevered with that. Um, and that continued for weeks, well over a month after as well. Once I got home, I struggled with the feeding as well. Do, do you think you came under a lot of pressure to breastfeed and that may not have been helpful or you're putting pressure on yourself? I was, you un yeah. I was under, I've thought about this a lot actually, I was under a lot of pressure from myself to things in my mind were to be a certain way. So for a start I wouldn't have ever imagined being induced um, and then I certainly wouldn't have ever imagined, I don't, th I think I knew about things like cesarean sections but in my mind, everything around me at that time in my life, I'm, you know, I was probably one of the first people out of my very close group of friends to have children. Um, it was all about, for me, getting it right I, or doing things the way that I thought they should be done, having a birth plan. Now, I know now because I've had a second child since and the same thing happened I had an emergency cesarean but I was very different in my approach to the second child I didn't have any expectations of myself um, so I think yes the pressure that I felt to have the baby in a certain way and then breastfeed was huge but whether that came from myself or outside I'm not sure I think it probably came from myself so possibly one of the things that, that wasn't helpful was having a very rigid idea of, of the birth plan and that if any deviation occurred, blaming yourself that things weren't right yeah. and you were not an adequate mother as a result. That's right. I feel really strongly now and um, I've spoken to people since and I, I think that's one of the things that I always say to people from my experience, it's not the same for everybody, but from my experience having a rigid birth plan wasn't helpful. Yeah. It sounds like the caesarean was almost um, what some people might refer to as a traumatic experience and you had kind of post-traumatic stress disorder type symptoms afterwards. I did, yes. Um, I had a lot of um, flashbacks for a long time afterwards and even now, eight years later, I've, it's very, very vivid. Some of the memories I have, particularly some of the unpleasant memories, in fact, I'd have to say that the unpleasant memories outweighed any pleasant memories, if that makes any sense, um, even now. Um, so, yes, I think I did have um, quite a lot of trauma during the, the birth, um, and it did cause problems. What were the unpleasant memories? Um, memories of being, being handled, perhaps, by doctors that, didn't really talk to me, um, didn't really involve me a huge amount. Um, I felt did things to me without really explaining what they were doing. Um, but I suppose in an emergency situation, I've thought about this, that, you know, that can't always, there, there isn't always time. And I remember one of the nurse saying to the doctor who broke my waters, she said to her, uh, what I can't, what category is this? And I think and when the doctor at that point said it's a category one, we haven't got time to wait for her husband to come. She needs to go now. So um, it was very scary, really. So I remember all those sorts of things. I remember the pain. Um, 
and yeah, I afterwards I had um, unusual pains in my lower back when I was upset. So and I did cry quite a lot afterwards. Um, usually during the night when nobody else was around, and I think probably when I did cry on the wards, I tried to keep it to myself. But all that discomfort, I suppose, all that emotion, that, that expression of emotion was in my body, so it was hurting. Yeah, I don't know, it was, yeah, I remember those sort of traumatic things. So you were keeping a lot of it to yourself, were you not expressing how you were feeling to your partner or anyone else? No, not really, because I, I again, I think this comes from the pressure that I felt, probably from the pressure that I was putting on myself, but I... People told me it was the best thing that was ever happened to you and that you would fall instantly in love with your baby and all sorts of things like that, they told me. Um, and, and I'd read in books. I don't think people talk, you know, I'd, I'd read um, books and things as well. Um, I didn't feel like that. So I guess that set me up to not to, I was very guarded about, um, I was good at putting a mask on. I think, although I think I know now that the people closest to me knew that um, I wasn't all right at the time. I didn't, for instance, I didn't want to tell any, I didn't want to contact, I've got some very, very good close friends, I didn't want to speak to them. I didn't want to answer their text messages and I didn't want to speak to them on the phone, yet I think they were probably desperate because I was you know, one of the first to have a baby within our circle of friends and I think everyone wanted to know what it was like and stuff. But I didn't want to speak to anybody because I think I knew I'd have to lie about it really. Yeah. Sometimes young mums don't want to talk about what they're experiencing, particularly if it's a negative experience because they're frightened that social services will come and take the child away. Was that an issue for you? Was that part of the concern? No, I don't think that was ever a concern for me. I've got I've got an incredibly good husband who's very hands-on, and um, even from day one, he was in the hospital changing the baby and sorting out the bath and everything, um, and and looking after me as well. Really, I mean, he, you know, he coped with because it was traumatic for him as well, actually, and I, I forget that sometimes. Um, so, and and I have a very good extended family. Um, my my mum particularly was very hands-on so I never really thought that there was any going to be any problems and actually I was meeting all the baby's needs probably probably to the detriment of my own self if that makes any sense what was your lowest point um, I remember about day three um, they'd moved me because my first child, he was born obviously on a, a medical-led unit and um, the unit that's close to my home is, is a midwife-led midwife unit and they moved me on day three um, to the midwife-led unit and they put me in, that wasn't very busy, and they put me in a bay which was nice actually because it, there was only me in there and um, Eventually, I think later that day, another young girl came, but she was a lot younger than me. I think she was having her first baby at about 17 years old. So there was a good 10 years between us easily. Um, and so there was only two of us in the bay. And during that night, I remember, I just, I don't know, I can't even explain it. It was an overwhelming feeling of 
distress I suppose and sadness and blackness and yeah I found that very difficult um, and one of the midwives um, said to me because noticed I think noticed that I was so down said to me that this was normal baby blues you know this is what happens your hormones um, need to settle down after the birth and we would expect this on you know around this time but mine never really went away it, even when I came home sort of five days later I still felt really down and I remember sitting I think it was a few weeks later I remember sitting on the bottom step at home and my mum was in the house because of course when you have a cesarean you can't get about the same way um, so you need more help you know you can't you can't drive you can't do anything um, apart from really t whatever you do takes a long time and I remember sitting and I remember saying to my mum I think I've made a huge mistake and I think that was that was probably my lowest point um, but it took me a long time to pick up after that. You sound a bit upset, just re recollecting. Yeah, because I can, I can remember it. Yeah, I can remember it, and um, it still makes me feel upset now. Could you say a bit more about what, in particular, is upsetting about recalling that? I think what's what's upsetting is that there was no reason for me to feel like there was a reason for me to feel. I think. I felt cheated because when I hadn't had a, a natural labour because I'd never gone into labour and I hadn't had a proper birth well in my eyes a proper birth um, so but but after that I never really had any reason to feel down because like I say my support network around me I mean was amazing I didn't I wasn't on my own um, so I think that's why I find it quite upsetting is because I couldn't I can't understand even now why I felt like that especially because I was so looking forward to having a baby um, and I know that it went on for a number of months afterwards I mean I was I had him in September um, and in January February I was still really quite down and anxious at times um, it took me a long time to recover yeah do you think that the medical services and the health services missed the the mental state you were in and reacted too slowly? Yeah, well, they did. I mean, they didn't react at all, to be fair. And um, they, because I think partly because I didn't allow them to know what was happening. I remember the health visitors asking me question, uh, doing the questionnaires with me, and I don't, I don't think I ever lied, but I don't think I really. I don't think I told it how it really was either because I don't think I really realized myself how it was um, and I don't think there ever came a point where I wanted to I suppose where I wanted to approach them to ask for help um, I think I was I'm quite a determined person I was determined to breastfeed and I did that for months despite being in quite a lot of pain from that um, and then I was determined to do things myself so I suppose I didn't really ask for help either did you ever get treatment for postnatal depression no I didn't no do you think you had that though did you think I had what do you mean Postnatal depression? Do you think you had? I think I did. Yeah, I think I did. 
yes, I think I had a postnatal depression um, and definitely experienced some anxiety as well, which was unusual and abnormal for me. Um, and yeah, I do, but I didn't receive any treatment for it. What about um, connecting with the Association for Postnatal Illness? Um, what, ha what happened there? Right, well that, that's only a recent thing actually. I've recently volunteered for that and the reason that I did was I came across it. There's a couple of incidents, well a couple of times um, since I've had my children I've had involvement with other women. One was a very very good friend and one is a uh, wife of one of my husband's friends um, who have both experienced uh, postnatal depression and struggled with the birth of their first child um, and I've become involved that way um, and whilst looking for some online resources really for the last um, person or the person actually that I'm involved with at the moment I came across um, APNI and um, I've registered as a volunteer thinking that it would be helpful. I had experience as well because when I was um, breastfeeding my first child I explained it was very difficult um, and it was very painful um, to the point where I perhaps in hindsight maybe I should have given up but I didn't I carried on breastfeeding for 40 mo 14 months but I contacted the Lalesh League which is um, a support network for breastfeeding and I had a telephone volunteer ring me and speak to me and I found that really useful so I think when I saw the APNI website I felt that I could perhaps offer something to other women that were experiencing things like this. What are your thoughts now about postnatal depression given that you have helped out as a volunteer and you've experienced it yourself? Do you think it's something that is inadequately recognized by, by health services and isn't properly looked after? I think it's, um, I hope it's, I hope it's become, people are becoming more aware of it. Um, I've, um, I suppose I'm, I have a professional background in mental health nursing and um, I'm actually um, very interested in, in supporting new mums and um, babies. I work with children anyway and I think the awareness is, is becoming more now. I think, I think there are health visitors perhaps are trained to perhaps ask the more difficult questions, the questions that we don't ask people. I wonder sometimes because we don't have the confidence to know what to do with the answers to those questions. Um, I think it. I think it might be getting better now. But my experience was from eight years ago, so I can't really comment now on how things are because personally, I haven't had a baby since. I think my well, my youngest one is five now. So sometimes when people are feeling very low and in the midst of a postnatal depression they develop strange ideas about the baby did that ever happen to you um i don't think i ever developed strange ideas about the baby i developed strange ideas about the outside world and the house i remember becoming incredibly anxious about dirt in the house when my house wasn't particularly dirty and i also had I think strange ideas about I didn't want to be left alone um, in the house with the baby but I, I don't know what that was about I knew I could keep the I knew I could look after the baby and I knew I could keep the baby safe and that wasn't a problem I can't really explain it um, yeah but I definitely had some odd ideas about um, keeping the house clean
Yeah. But you did recover. What do you think was the cause of the recovery? I think just time. And I think just my um, processing what had happened to me. So um, eventually, eventually I just think I just got, I don't, I just got better. I just slowly got better um, and more, more confident and more and able to let go and not not relive those memories all the time because I think I was ex I was coming to terms with what had happened to me um, and I think I just moved on naturally I think time just helped me to move on uh, but I had a good support around me so I was able sometimes to get the sleep that I needed because my husband would look after the baby. Um, things like that, just the, and practical things like my mom would come and help me with um, keeping the house um, tidy and things like that. That made it easier, and I think naturally I just I just got better. What about the second pregnancy and delivery? Do you think there was um, anxiety about that, given what happened the first time around, and also? How did you cope second time around? I didn't want to get pregnant again, actually. Uh, well, actually, that, no, that's not true. I wanted to have two. I always wanted to have two children. I think, um, and when there's two and a half years between my children, I have to say it wasn't an accidental conception, but it wasn't a planned one either. And I think the reason that was is because I knew that I had to get pregnant to have another baby, but I was frightened too because of what happened before. So I, um, so eventually I did anyway. Um, and at first, I don't know, I was, I was quite anxious and worried about it. But the pregnancy was good. Um, again, experienced a lot of nausea, but it seemed. I could cope with it a bit better because I was expecting it um, and I had some support from um, I was given a referral to the hospital um, I had a referral made to the hospital as I'd had an emergency cesarean beforehand um, so they had to ask me how I felt about things they did and we decided to go ahead with uh, an a natural labor um, and I went into labor myself and I actually had a full labor with my second child um, which strangely enough as uncomfortable as that is is actually quite rewarding when I'd felt quite cheated previously because I had never had a labor before um, and when it got to the, the the I suppose the delivery stage um, it was clear that I wasn't going to deliver naturally and um, I then had um, another emergency caesarean which was again rushed and an emergency situation but I don't know it just didn't feel as bad and I think the reason it didn't feel as bad is because I didn't have such a rigid idea of what was going to happen in my head as I when I was had the first one and as long as the baby was that's all I was worried about as long as the baby's healthy then everything else will be fine and but my experiences again of the second one the aftercare in the um, I suppose wasn't wasn't great it was disjointed I had different advice from different people um, 
some of the midwives would advise me to do one thing um, with regard to feeding and then I'd get different advice from the next shift um, that came on duty which I found quite confusing and again I lost my confidence while I was on the ward but as soon as I came off the ward I was fine um, and I didn't experience any postnatal depression with the second baby at all. What would your advice be to any young mums listening to this, um, either experiencing low mood or worried about it happening to them? Um, if you're experiencing it, talk to people, I think. Um, just be aware that we all do wear a mask and we don't want to let people in. But sometimes it, I think it might be helpful to let people know how you're feeling. Don't feel, I suppose, guilty or ashamed to have to have these experiences because it's not always as it says in the books it's not always as how your friends have said to you you know sometimes it takes time to love that baby sometimes it's quite a shock you know to have your first baby um, and I suppose what I, I suppose the only thing that I have said all the way through this interview is that I think putting too much pressure on yourself to do things a certain way is not helpful because it's a natural process it will go the way it goes and we don't really have that much control over it um, so yes I think that's probably what I would say and I think feel confident in, feel confident in yourself feel confident in your ability to deliver that care to that baby as well and sometimes when professional people around you might say things they don't mean to undermine you. I don't uh, at all. I don't think. But but when you're you know when you're quite vulnerable and and um, your confidence is low, just remember that that's your baby, and you know you've got the best intentions for that baby, and you will do it right. And there's people around you to support you in doing that, really. Annalyn, thank you very much indeed. Okay, thank you.